Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. Good ready this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So it feels like everything has been revealed. Literally everything. And part of the reason is because the RTX 3080 refuses to leave the news cycle. I know that's part of it. We've been dealing with the RTX 3080 for a while, and it doesn't help at all that NVIDIA has staggered the 3000 series launch. But we're going to first start with uh, some troubling stuff out of Razer. Razer, if you don't know, is a company that makes gaming peripherals and also makes some MacBook Pro... Pro blah, 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 excuse me. Some MacBook Pro-like gaming laptops that are pretty dang okay. They also make mice that fall apart pretty easily. Um, Headsets that I've had bad luck with and also abused. Keyboards that have been hit, hit or miss pretty consistently. Yeah, Razer's just kind of one of those companies that has like a good reputation and no one is sure why. It's kind of weird. But here is a nice black eye for Razer. They have accidentally leaked 100,000 gamers' personal information. Including names, customer email, addresses, phone numbers, basically doxed. They have basically been doxed for almost everything except social security numbers, because Razer has no reason to have those, and credit card information. Everything else, though, the world now knows! Slow freaking clap. Good job, Razer. Good job. You did it. You had no reason to really have any information, and you've somehow given it all away. That is what we'd call a pro gamer move. <sighs> yeah, the worst part is that whenever these sort of things happen, I just say, you know, go ahead, change your passwords. I don't think passwords were actually any of the information leaked. It was all the kind of information that you can't do anything about. Whoops. So, that's fantastic. Speaking of other news that's just fantastic, this one, this story, it's huge, but it very quickly fell down the memory hole. Like, there was so much other stuff going on this week, I didn't even cover this major story on our daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing. NVIDIA is going to acquire ARM. Officially, it's no longer rumor, they are going to acquire ARM for $40 billion. Ooh. 
Well, and thanks to the fact that Apple is making ARM chips now, NVIDIA's gonna be raking in money hand over fist. Well, not really. So, most of what ARM does is... Basically, they license out the base platform to make it an ARM chip. And then you just pay a license fee. Apple's license for their ARM chips is basically an indefinite license. At least that is what we hear. This whole thing is, you know, there's a lot of speculation involved. And it's almost nigh impossible to hear everything for certain. But the fact that NVIDIA is now going to have, actually have ARM, does make you kind of wonder, what does that mean for the NVIDIA Tegra ARM CPU? And at this point, the answer is, nobody knows. And that might be for the best. Uh, here's a fun one for you. In a world where the U.S. is cracking down on Chinese behavior more and more and more, U.S. Customs brags about how they've been seizing counterfeit Apple AirPods, preventing these counterfeit devices from reaching the masses and stealing hard-earned, not preventing these scam devices from getting into the hands of the public, except they're not counterfeit AirPods. They were the OnePlus Buds. Uh, I don't I don't know what this really says about our security. Does this say more about the fact that US customs really botched up that they that they blocked a completely legitimate product? Or is this a knock on OnePlus for ripping off the Apple AirPods so hard that their product was easily confused for counterfeit AirPods. You know what? Both. Both. <laughs> it's both. Oh, boy. Speaking of uh, U.S. enforcement, uh, TikTok. I said that things were going to escalate very, very quickly this week in regards to TikTok. Remember that? Remember how I said that? Well, uh, it kind of didn't. It seems things are advancing. TikTok is going to be relying on Oracle as their U.S. partner which still is very weird, but we kind of expected this scene as how it was either going to be Oracle, Microsoft, or both, and Microsoft was told no, so given the options, what was going to happen? Yeah, it was pretty obvious. 
However, Oracle has not bought the U.S. division of TikTok yet, which, of course, means that the executive order ban regarding financial transactions with TikTok and WeChat did go into effect, but they were supposed to go into effect on Tuesday? But we're not going to see them banned from U.S. store, U.S. app stores until Sunday. Now, for clarification, for those who don't know, I record this podcast on Saturdays, and then it goes live. TM, it, it's it, it, it gets distributed. Among all the podcasting platforms in all of existence, which, by the way, now includes Amazon Music. That happened very, very suddenly. And we're also, uh, what, what was the, there was another podcasting platform that uh, was recommended to me by Spreaker staff. And now I can't remember what it is. And it's now driving me nuts. It was an Indian uh, podcasting platform. That was recommended to apply for. Geo Savan. J I O S A A V N. Oh, and we've been approved for it. So we are now officially on Geo Savan. Not going to lie, I've never heard of them. But that was another one that Spreaker said, hey, you should, you should check them out. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I did. The end. But getting back to the point. TikTok and WeChat are going to be unavailable on U.S. app stores. What does this mean? This means on your iPhone, Android phone, whichever, because those are basically the only two kinds of phones in existence now, you cannot Freshly download TikTok and WeChat. If you have them on your device, you can still access them as long as the back end is still available in the U.S. Because the executive order ban is only on financial transactions, basically, it's not available in stores. You can't get it from the from the app store at all. And... You theoretically should not see ads because any U.S. company that wants to place ads on either of these two applications cannot exchange money to make those ads happen. That is what, in theory, should happen. Granted, I don't know this yet because it hasn't happened as of the recording of this podcast. By the time this airs, it will have happened. Kind of the tragedy of having to record on Saturdays now. But at the same time, I really don't like TikTok or WeChat, so I wouldn't be able to tell you anyway. And I sure as heck, after the problems that uh, I've seen TikTok perform, like on iOS 
stalking whatever you copy and paste in a very creepy manner. And on Android, scanning for MAC addresses on both the device that's on and on any device on the network. I'm not going to lie. The claims about it being a national security threat. You know, it's quite possible. We've been covering that. I'm just saying. A lot of people trying to say that TikTok is innocent in all this. Um, no. No, they are not. Not even close to being innocent. Does it justify being banned from all of the U.S.? That, I'm not so certain of. But a lot of people are trying to paint this in a current administration bullying TikTok and WeChat. And I'm not going to lie. I know nothing of WeChat. I don't know if they've done any wrong. I I don't even know what the service does. I legitimately don't. Nor do I have any interest in finding out. TikTok, on the other hand, I know about it, and I don't care, because I've disliked the concept of TikTok from the get-go, even before it was caught stalking, stalking, stalking what you're copying and pasting, whether the app is open or not. So there, that's moving forward. Now, at the same time, there is uh, something else to consider. Apparently, and I admit, because I don't know much about WeChat, WeChat is used in some way, shape, or form with a lot of other gaming companies. I think it's because it's linked to Tencent. And, well, the U.S. government now is looking at uh, Epic and Riot Games and their association with Tencent. Tencent, if you don't know, is a gaming company that makes a whole lot of bad rip-off mobile games and also has an arm in basically everything in the world. Basically, they're the gaming Illuminati puppeteering everything from the background. It's why all games suck. I'm kidding, though. I'm kidding about that last part. But they do have a hand in a large number of games, and thank you, Apple Software Update, for popping up in the middle of my screen as I'm in the middle of explaining what this article means. Good job, Apple. Trying to be the center of attention. Even when you already have a large chunk of the podcast dedicated to you. Bravo. So that's going to be something interesting to keep an eye on. That being said, though, I'm willing to bet that nothing is going to be done about Tencent until after November. I know that is the easiest prediction in the world. 
but it's true. No one's going to do anything about Tencent until then. All right. Let's talk about Let's talk about Twitch. Twitch made a post one morning on September 14th. Their Twitch support Twitter handle posted up the following. Starting today, we'll be testing automated mid-roll ads for some viewers. These ads will directly support the creator and won't run if the viewer has had an ad break in that channel recently. Your feedback is welcome to shape this feature. Hey everybody, quick, guess how many people liked this idea? How many people do you think liked the idea of random mid-roll ad breaks in the middle of a live stream? If you guessed zero, congratulations! You have a working brain! Yeah, no one liked this. Especially the streamers didn't like this. Because in the end, this wasn't an experiment. This came off more as, oh, I don't know, a threat. What the heck do you mean? Let me explain. Twitch made an update to the ad system a a while back. They gave Twitch affiliates and Twitch partners, previously it was only Twitch partners, the ability to schedule mid-roll ads and by running mid-roll ads, you could make it so that incoming streamers wouldn't, or incoming streamers, incoming viewers would not get a pre-roll ad. This is actually a great idea to be to give the streamer the ability to say, hey, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get up, stretch, get some water. During that time, we recommend you do the same thing. In the meantime, we're going to run some ads. And then people who randomly come in, they won't get greeted with 30 minutes of ads while they're trying to figure out if you, the random streamer they just found, is worth watching or not. There is just one problem. If you, as the streamer, wanted to get rid of these pre-roll ads, you had to run, I think it was something like three minutes worth of ads. And that disabled pre-rolls for only 30 minutes. That means 
Whatever you're doing as a streamer, you had to take a break every 30 minutes in order to make it so that these pre-rolls would be gone. Well, this experiment made it so that not only now are you getting rid of pre-rolls, but you're getting rid of randomly injected mid-roll ads to all current viewers as well. But it's okay. It's directly supporting the creator. In fact, there was one video that I've been sharing around from uh, Twitch streamer... Oh god, I forgot his name now. I believe it's a platypus. That, um, well, the video was most likely faked. But it perfectly encompasses everything wrong with this concept. Because don't worry, the mid-rolls will just, they'll take up the main screen, but the action will still be in a little window right above the chat. It's okay, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Except in the video that up, and I just confirmed, it is a, pl- a platypus uh, posted, and I'm actually going to go ahead and link it in the chat. He has staged the end of a long no-hit Dark Souls marathon, and it getting interrupted right before the final boss of the marathon of an ad of, oddly enough, Raid Shadow Legends, interrupting the final boss kill and the great grand moment that hours upon hours upon hours were leading up to. Now, granted, the odds of that happening are very low, But you as the streamer want to make sure that chance is not very low. You want to make sure it's zero. It's not only that, but the message of of saying, hey, as streamers, we want to be able to run more ads in 2020, by the way. 2020 is a very odd year for advertising. Spending for companies right now is way down. No one wants to go out to a restaurant. No one wants to go to any sort of event. Many events, like I'd say 95% of them, have been canceled. So any advertising those events would get have been canceled. Any company, like say a major restaurant chain, is doing everything in its power to cut spending as much as possible. And of course, the first thing to get cut is advertising. So the supply of ads is way down, except for only one kind of advertisement, the most obnoxious, 
the most unwanted, the most hated kind of advertisement. Political. That is the only kind of advertisement that is pretty much available right now. Because it's an election year here in the United States. And of course, with any political ad, you are guaranteed to tick off roughly half of the viewers watching it. It is not, and pretty much every Twitch streamer ever has one golden rule. No politics. So you know what a streamer really wants? A political ad in the middle of their stream. No, nobody wants that at all. The other message it's sending is Twitch wanting to run more ads. It comes off as saying they are desperate for cash. Which I get. It's 2020. A lot of people lost jobs. A lot of people are cutting back on what they spend. So fewer people are willing to spend on subscriptions fewer people are willing to spend on bits to go spam an alert that that says a funny text-to-speech message or says the letter r over and over again so the text-to-speech goes that sort of thing is going to be down i am not saying that as I'm talking about Twitch chat saying do more of that. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. I am saying what the reality is. This just comes off to the average person as either greedy or desperate. And of course, Twitch, oddly enough, doesn't communicate with their partners. I have talked with a number of Twitch partners regarding this. They heard nothing about it. They found out about this experiment the exact same time as literally everyone else. Needless to say, though, this whole thing got swept away. It is no longer happening. This experiment is done. And probably the best part, the entire blog post regarding it is replaced with two sentences. They had an entire FAQ posted about this experiment. The blog post now reads as follows. Ads are an important part of Twitch. They help keep Twitch free for creators and viewers and enable us to continue to craft new and innovative features and supply unique and engaging content for our community. We'll be sure to alert the community of changes we're testing. You can always check back for details on future experiments. Click here to provide feedback about experiments via user voice. 
No, the last time I looked at user user voice, top feature, top idea was remove random mid-roll ads. That has finally just been done. It's gone. The next one is probably the most obvious. Fix ads for bits. Or normalize ad volume with content volume. (sighs) Twitch has a long way to go. However, there is some hope. Another post made by Twitch support was as follows. A tool called Ads Manager was mistakenly released to some of our users earlier today and has been removed. Unfortunately, some dashboard layouts may have been reset. While unrelated to our recent tests, we'll be sure to let you know about any future ad changes before rolling them out. So fortunately... Twitch, despite the fact they used a lot of uh, very generic executive speech, they clearly got the message here. My biggest fear, based on the way the Twitch Twitter was behaving, was that they were going to ignore what everyone said and force this on everyone anyway. It seemed very Comcast-ish. It was just like, We have heard your feedback and will take it into consideration as we do exactly what we want. That's what it came off as. But clearly Twitch is going to do the smart thing and do this crazy thing called not do the thing that literally 200% of your user base disliked. Now, while we're on the topic of ways Twitch can make things better, let me give you a, let me give you a recommendation, Twitch. All right, and I say this as a Twitch affiliate. You have a newsletter that goes out to the partners. I know you do because it get leak it gets leaked out all the time. Throw a poll or two in. It's not much in gathering the feedback of your supposed partners, the people that you have given a label to saying that we value you. You are our partner. You're not just some random numbered employee. You're a partner. Show some kind of evidence. That you're listening to the people that you have trusted with the name partner. Because that's one gripe I keep hearing. There's no difference between partners and affiliates. There's no difference between partners and affiliates. There are in ways that is infuriating to me. Most of which involves the availability of transcode servers. Or ingest servers, depending on how you want to label it. But that being said, they are your partners. 
Put in something so you can get feedback from them. All right, there. I, I'd say we're done with the Twitch mid-roll ads topic. So we're going to take a break here. When we come back, let's talk Apple. Because Apple announced a whole lot of, well, shockingly nothing, really, when push comes to shove. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Apple. Oh, Apple's at it again, boys. So, the great war of Apple versus Epic Games continues. And, well, Apple has decided that uh, they want to introduce and pursue having the restraining order on them lifted so that Apple can ban all Epic Games related accounts in relation in relation to iOS. This includes their developer accounts associated with the Unreal Engine, which, by the way, would have severe effects on any accounts running Unreal Engine. Now, granted, now the latest version of iOS is out, but if there were, say, bugs found in the Unreal Engine to a future update, and this goes through, Epic couldn't patch them, and any game running Unreal Engine would have those bugs and exploits until the account was reinstated. So it could have devastating effects on other Unreal Engine-related games on the iOS platform. But Apple's reasoning for this is laughable, by the way. But I, but it might fly in a court. Their reasoning is that Epic Games could use these various accounts in order to inject malicious code into other games and damage the entire ecosystem as a whole. That's their reasoning for want to get Epic Games banned entirely. And they use as their precedent for this the fact that Epic started all this And basically phrase it as pouring gasoline on the fire they started. There's just one problem with this logic. Everything submitted to the Apple App Store is reviewed by Apple. Every single thing. Update, new application, 
a freaking sneeze. It doesn't matter. It all has to get reviewed and approved by Apple. And Apple, if they're too lazy to go through the update, is notorious for just straight up denying it and giving a vague, not good enough reason. So how could they push malicious code? You have to green light the malicious code anyway if they were to do this. Do you have this little faith in your own system? The only reason for this is basically spite. That's the only reason I can see for Apple to do this. Because any other reason they give is just dumb. But there's Apple for you. Wanting to proceed in a court case by trying to bring the hurt to Epic Games and have them drop the suit and settle instead. It comes off as a move that is well malicious is one way to put it. Desperate is another way as well. So, shifting gears away from Apple being malicious, let's talk about how Apple was benevolent. iOS 14 is now officially available, as I mentioned earlier, and has introduced many different features, including new privacy features that are just kind of, eh, they're okay. But most importantly iOS users finally get a new revolutionary feature never before seen on a smartphone, especially an Android phone since 19 always. Home screen widgets. I mean, you have never before looked at a phone before and after open it, just see something very convenient like, say, the time and weather right on your home screen. Without having to open a single thing. No one has ever seen that before. No one ever, ever has seen that. Ever. Never before has it ever been seen on a phone. He says, holding up his Samsung Galaxy S10. With the Weather Channel widget front and center. Yeah, it's... (sighs) Oh, yeah, and now you do, in fact, have your unified folder for all your applications in one centralized location. Bravo, Apple. You've caught up. Speaking of Bravo, Apple, they did have a a, uh, special event in which uh, they started off right off the bat by telling us just how underwhelming it's going to be. I'm not even kidding. It literally opened up by saying, we're going to talk about the Apple Watch and the iPad, and that's it.
at least they set the bar low. So they introduced the new Apple Watch Series 6 with new a whole lot of things, including the first blood oxygen sensor and new colors. Oh yeah, and a brand new watch band loop with no buckle. The first of its kind. Never before seen, ever, except on anti-static wristbands from The Verge, a.k.a. Live Strong bracelets, a.k.a. What Would Jesus Do bracelets. Never before has a watch band been seen like this, except on those things I just said. Slow crap. Slow clap. That's all I can say to that. Uh, They also announced the Apple Watch SE, a cut-down version of the main Apple Watch Series S. The SE is going to be available for $279, whereas the full series will start at $399. I paid $80 for my Samsung Galaxy Watch. I'm, I'm just saying. And my watch does almost everything the Apple Watch does. I will say that, I will say, I do wish that some of the features of the Apple Watch would come to other smartwatches. Apple does, in fact, have currently the best smartwatch, but it's not because Apple has invaded on it greatly. It's because no one else has. And I really wish other smartwatch makers would get on this. I really, really am hoping the Google purchase of Fitbit really does evolve from here. Apple also announced Apple Fitness Plus, a paid subscription service to get fitness videos that will display your fitness statistics measured from your Apple Watch on the screen of the fitness video you're watching. This service comes at the cost of $10 a month and new videos would appear every single week. Which then leads in to the next announcement they made, Apple One. We heard that this was going to be a... uh, We heard that this was going to be a thing quite a while ago. Now it has officially been confirmed. It is a lot of Apple's different subscription services bundled into one package. It comes in three different tiers. Individual for 15 a month. That includes Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, and 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. 
family for $20 a month, which lets you share these features with up to five other people, including Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, and Apple iCloud with 200 gigs, and Premiere for $30 a month, and you can share with up to five other people. That includes Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, two terabytes of iCloud storage, Apple News+, and the new Apple Fitness+, Plus, which will be coming at the end of 2020. It's kind of... I I don't know. I'm not sure how, how to phrase this. It's kind of strange to see Apple push more and more into this paid-per-month subscription service. Seeing as how Apple used to always be known for high-margin electronics and computer hardware rather than for software subscriptions. And I still feel kind of weird about it, especially since Apple is now a $2 trillion company. I actually don't know if I actually covered that on the podcast. It just, I don't know. It feels weird. In any case, we then move over to iPad. In which the regular iPad gets an update to the latest A12 Bionic chip, which, by the way, is manufactured on 5 nanometers. And they were very proud of this, by the way. They were they were so proud of the fact they were on 5 nanometers, as though they need to go ahead and justify their choice of moving away from Intel... By saying, see, we have half the nanometers of Intel. I think this was the first time the word nanometer was ever mentioned in an Apple keynote. The, my, my own notes regarding the keynote even mentioned that, you know, they were going around and mentioning a whole lot of stats as though to impress people, as though to impress the people who don't know better. But to those who kind of know how the CPU space works, just kind of look at these graphs and go, wait a minute, that means nothing. It, it literally means f- flipping nothing. But no, the biggest announcement, though, the only announcement in all of the entire Apple keynote that mattered was the new iPad Air. The new iPad Air, which features their latest version of the of their own Apple Silicon. It in fact has the um the iPad Pro look to it. You know the iPad Pro, the one that uh Jerry rig everything, uh, bent in half with the same strength 
of a small child. Yeah, that one. It has that design. I did notice, however, the microphone hole on the side that was pointed out to be the weak point of the iPad Pro is gone. So it might not be so easily bendable. But you know the moment's available. Jerry Riggs going to go ahead and just grab one and snap it in two. There are quite a few things of note on this iPad. First off, there is no home button. The home button is gone on this iPad. But it does not have a... um. It does not have Face ID. It does not have the RealSense front-facing camera. It instead has a fingerprint reader built into the power button. And it does come in five different colors. Blue, green, pink, gray, and slightly darker gray. And also, it does have USB-C. And it starts at $599. This actually is pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm very curious as to what the durability is going to be. Like I mentioned, you know, the iPad Pro was easily snapped into two it was not durable at all so i do have some concerns but in the end only time will tell what awaits us on this ipad so there you go oh yeah it only does have two speakers one on each side Whereas the iPad Pro has quad. I think that's just about everything for the Apple announcement. So we're going to take a break here. Now that we're done with Apple, when we come back, let's talk about what Sony announced. Because Sony had quite the announcement pool as well. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. One bit of a note I forgot to mention regarding Apple, and then we'll move on. Their uh, their standard iPad. I forgot to mention in my notes, uh, they had some bold claims about its performance. According to Apple, their basic iPad is twice as fast as a Windows laptop. Three times faster than Android tablets. And six times faster than Chromebooks. 
Prove it. No, really. Prove it. You can't. Because it, it's a stupid comparison. It is an absolute stupid asinine comparison. Because it's apples and oranges. First off, there hasn't been a good Android tablet in freaking years, unfortunately. And I do blame that pretty much exclusively on Google. Android has not had a good tablet version to help itself in anything, like, at all. And hopefully their next project for uh, their replacement for Android will change that, but it won't. Chromebooks, their their sole purpose in life is to be cheap, bare, basic, bare-bones systems. It's not a performance powerhouse. Oh, look! My car can go faster than your bike! That's not the point! That's absolutely not the point! And then... Oh, my iPad is twice as fast as your Windows laptop. Which Windows laptop? Because the beauty about Windows laptops is that there's a wide variety of them. You can have Windows laptops that have power sipping, dual core processors that do bare basic things. Better than a Chromebook, I might add. But still... Be able to have super long battery lives, but with a keyboard and flexibility in that regards. Or you can have monster laptops like I have for work. That threatens the performance of workstations. In fact, it itself was marketed as a portable desktop. Heck, there are Windows laptops out there with desktop processors in them. There's window laptops out there rocking a freaking full-size 16-core AMD 3950. Is your iPad twice as fast as that? Of course not. Because it's not the same product. It's a stupid comparison. And anyone who tries to claim that their basic iPad is faster than any other computer out there is a Kool-Aid drinking twit. I'm sorry. I just remember during the break, there was like one claim that like tripped so many triggers in me as I was watching the Apple keynote. I had to bring up my notes just to see what it was again. All right. PlayStation had their... I forgot what they call it now. It's basically the Sony Direct. It's not the Nintendo Direct. Although Nintendo also had a Nintendo Direct this week, which I'll save you the trouble. There's a new Monster Hunter game. Actually, two Monster Hunter games. One is a standard Monster Hunter game. The other is Monster Hunter Stories 2. Um, There's a new Disgaea game. Disgaea 6. There's a new Rune Factory Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah. Ori 2 is ported to the Switch. 
to the surprise of literally no one. But during the not Sony Direct, but it's the Sony Direct because it can't be called the Sony Direct. Is it just called like the State of Play or something like that? I can't remember what it's called. Sony announced their prices. The PlayStation 5 will start at $499 for the version with a CD drive in it. I know it's a Blu-ray drive. You know what I meant. Or the all-digital version will start at $399. less. And this raises some interesting questions. How many people will get the version with the disk drive? Because 100 bucks is not an insignificant amount. That's 20% of the price cut right then and there. Then the next question is, since the big push of the Xbox Series blank and the PlayStation 5 is the fact that the entire game is going to be loaded on the internal SSD and have super quick responsive load times from that, Will there be a big benefit to having physical disks? Since everything has to be installed as though it were a digital download anyway, even when you have the disk, and more than likely, the whole game's not going to be on the disk anyway, there's probably going to be chunks you're still going to have to download. You're still going to have to wait for installs times, which which you have to do nowadays anyway. Is there a huge advantage to having the disk drive? That's something I want everyone to think about. And I can and I'm I'm not saying you should totally spring for the cheaper one. That's not it. I'm saying it is something that should be thought about and what the future of these consoles means. We also got a release date for the PS5. It is going to be November 12th for US, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea. And November 19th, for everyone else. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Sony. I I do have a question. What did Europe do to you? Like, that's the first thing that kind of just stood out here. Like, okay, I get... Japan, New Zealand, and Australia. They're basically your next door neighbors. And also, Japan is where you are. 
Canada, Mexico, and the United States. I get that. All right, we're 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 pretty open about what we get in. But but Europe matters too. <laughs> why, why do they get they got the short end of the stick here? I'm just I'm kind of baffled by this. I really really am. Anyway, pre-orders were supposed to start September 17th. Oh, I'm sorry. Sony Main HQ is in America now. I apologize for that. All right, so. Well, there you go. I just made the correction by reading what someone said in chat. Pre-orders were supposed to start as soon as September 17th. Oh, JK. They started that very same day on September 16th. And granted, that pre-order did go much smoother than another pre-order that we'll get to later in the podcast. But it was still, uh, it was still pretty yikes. It was still not great. Everything sold out pretty quickly. Although, I have a question. Why pre-order it? What launch title on the PS5 is really that compelling that you must have a PlayStation 5 on launch day? What game are you going to play on the PlayStation 5? Because granted, the PlayStation 5 is backwards compatible to the PlayStation 4. You can play PS4 games on it. And get this, some of the launch titles we thought were going to be available for the PS5 exclusively turn out that are going to be available on the PS4 too. Horizon Forbidden West and Spider-Man Miles Morales will both launch on the PlayStation 4 and on the PlayStation 5. Now look, I'm not going to tell anyone how to spend their money. I'm just going to tell you I'm going to hold off until like summer of next year. That's just me. Or maybe there'll be a very compelling reason very suddenly for me to go ahead and hop on board the PS5 earlier. But on launch day, you don't have me. Same thing with the Series S or X. The Xbox S. What the heck is everyone going to even call this next-gen Xbox? It's such a weird freaking. Actually, wait, no, I know what everyone's going to call it. They're going to call it the mini fridge, despite the fact it's the size of like a small trophy. <sighs> there was one rather surprising announcement that started off the Sony State of Play right off the bat and that was the reveal 
of Final Fantasy 16. So this kind of just came out of nowhere, almost. I actually did have one rumor that did cross my radar saying that the state of play was going to start with Final Fantasy 16, but that seemed so dumb that I discarded the rumor as being nothing. Well, they were right. There was a Final Fantasy 16, and it will be exclusive to the PlayStation 5, except not, it will also be available on PC. What? And yes, a whole bunch of Final Fantasy nerds are already taking apart this trailer and trying to figure out everything. Um, from what I can tell, it looks like it's going to be more fantasy based than sci-fi based this time around. It looks like the whole story is going to be focused around armies that service the summon monsters, but it's all speculation. One thing that is of note the game footage that was captured blatantly said that it was off a PC emulating a PlayStation 5 and it looked way better than Halo Infinite. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Xbox. Your your one bit of in-game footage still looks horribly, horribly awful. Uh, so there you go. We have that. We also have Microsoft officially launching xCloud for all to enjoy. So now you too on your iPhone can download each game individually. Because that's how xCloud's going to work on iOS. I still can't get over that, that that's just how uncooperative Apple wants to be. I will also give props for Microsoft launching their cloud gaming service with roughly 10 times the games of Stadia. And it figures, right as I say that, someone else in the chat also says, that's like 10 times the amount of Stadia games. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's still funny. (laughs) How many games is Stadia up to now? Seven? Eight? No, I think they had 16 last I looked. Let me actually quickly take a look. How many games are on Stadia. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, 
34. Okay, they have a lot of games, actually. It looks like about 40. Or 50. But one of them is Wolfenstein Youngblood, so that doesn't count as a game. Ba-dum-tsh. All right, so Microsoft is launching with about three times the amount of games that Stadia currently has, despite the fact that Stadia has been out for like a year. Slow clap, Stadia. Slow freaking clap. EA is eliminating the Origin brand name off the EA desktop app. EA has had their own Steam competitor for a while. They have referred to it as Origin. And uh, I personally have disliked it because it means another launcher, which I'm not a fan of, and the fact that it has it uh, is basically has a layer of bloatware to it as it monitors your PC performance the entire time. It's open. And then on top of that... Um, it does not allow the username Eagle Falcon claiming that it contains some form of a curse word. I'm dead serious about that, by the way. You cannot have the username Eagle Falcon on Origin, and it still, to this day, ticks me off. It's like very, very specific discrimination, and it's very odd. But in any case, the origin name is gone. It's now just EA Play, and nothing of value was lost. Speaking of names that are going away, Oculus has officially discontinued the Rift S. As it's now officially not making dedicated PC VR headsets anymore. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It feels bad, man. It really does feel bad. It's like the end of an era. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, what actually did replace the Oculus and... We have to talk about the the amazing, flawless, no problems whatsoever, RTX 3080 launch. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Facebook did release the Oculus Quest 2. Unfortunately, um, it's uh, it's not getting a recommendation from, like, literally anyone. Mostly because of the aggressive Facebooking of it. But uh, it will be available October 13th. Starting at 
$2.99. If you hate yourself, you could do that. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe the early reviews of this thing are just really sour because of the Facebooking of Oculus. That being said, there is, in fact, the Facebooking of Oculus. So uh, you probably shouldn't do that. All right, let's talk about the uh, the RTX 3080. The new king of graphic cards. The flagship that we all wanted. So basically, this GPU was promised to be double the performance of the RTX 2080. After benchmarking it, it is not. The RTX 3080 is only 70% faster than a 2080 for less money than a 2080. Oh no, how dare NVIDIA lie to us, blah, 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 blah. It's still a great card though. Like, holy cow. The performance increase on this from generation to generation is fantastic. And now it's at a price that doesn't make me look up my wallet and causes my wallet to go hide under the bed. So it's really good news. So what's wrong? Well, first off, there is still the... um the the 12 pin connector forcing you if you want to have your computer look great on the inside to get creative and then there's also the fact that skynet has conspired to make sure that this card doesn't exist you needed to have already built a freaking terminator and tested it multiple times to go and secure one of these cards in the seven seconds that this car was available on launch day. Because every single bot and scalper, or in most cases both, went ahead and purchased up pretty much the entire stock of 3080s in existence before any mere mortals had a chance. And then, of course, the scalpers then went ahead and started selling them on eBay. And boy, were they selling them for quite the markup. Almost double in most cases. But then people then started to... find ways to strike back people then started to upbid these scalpers with no intention on paying for the card since all these cards were put up on auction anyone could bid and jack up the price and in fact one person admitted to making a bot that all it did 
was place bids on these cards at the speed of bot. Hiking up these cards north of $70,000. One instance of these actually reached up to $99,000. A staggering price for those not in the know and thought that these scalpers just made a killing when in actuality they gained a headache. My friends, I'll just put it very simply for you. We've waited, in my case, nine months for this generation. We can wait a few more weeks. NVIDIA has even said that stocks should be returning next week. And they said they are going to go ahead and go through by hand checking each of the orders to make sure that only normal humans with intent on actually using the cards are going to be getting them. Let's just sit back. Let's calm down. Let's relax. And just know that soon we'll be able to get our shiny new graphics card. Or we could go see what AMD is cooking. We have, in fact, a picture, TM, of AMD's first Radeon RX 6000 GPU. And, um... I'm both happy to see see how it looks. It actually does look pretty nice. But, um... I can't help but think that AMD might have copied NVIDIA just a tad. The cooler design very much looks like a triple fan version of the RTX 2000 Founders Edition cards. And even more strangely, if you want to see more than just the one picture they tweeted out, guess what you had to do? Well, if you want to see a full 3D model of the card, don't worry. You could go to Radeon.com, where there they have an interact- interactive HTML5-based 3D model that you can zoom in, zoom out, uh, pan around, and easily look at every single site. I'm just kidding. They put it in Fortnite. What, you thought it was the other way around, that the Fortnite was the joke and the 3D model on the website was the real? No. No, it wasn't. They actually went ahead and made a Fortnite island and put the render of the GPU there. Why? Why would you do this? It's actually rather obvious why they did this. And it was for the reason that I just said. Because it gets us to talk about it. 
think about it for a second. They put out a picture of a GPU, and that's all they have. All they have is a mock-up, a model, a render of what the GPU looks like. And they just got us all to talk about it by doing something as mind-blowingly stupid as putting a terrible render of it in Fortnite because it ticked us all off. And for two days straight, until the RTX 3080 was such a debacle that no one could buy it, that's all the GPU news media was talking about. How this stupid card existed in Fortnite. And who knows if there was money exchanged. I'm sure there was to some degree. I'm sure that Epic was just like, hey, could you do this for us? Uh, We'll pay you a whole bunch of money, and it helps us inflate our numbers as uh, we just lost almost half our user base to uh, Apple being a jag and us being a jag to Apple. But that's beyond the point. Apple's being a jag. I'm sure that played a role in it. But that being said, it looks okay. I kind of wish that the red trim around the sides was instead an RGB light strip instead of just red paint. But you know what? That's why third-party cards exist. Just saying. What's going to matter more in the grand scheme of things is the performance, and that we don't know. What we do have, however, are leaked photos from Red Gaming Tech that was so certain that they wanted credit for their leaks that they put their their blasted name over so much of it, you can't tell what you're looking at. Guys, watermarks are not supposed to be a pattern over the whole blasted picture. I'm just saying, you can be less obnoxious. But the RX, what they're saying is the 6900. Nice. One thing that actually does stand out, on the I.O. plate, there's no vents on the on the uh, I.O. bracket of the graphic card. So the only way for air to escape this graphic card is through the sides. That's it. And granted, this has been something I've been ranting on for quite some time. And someone in the chat beat me to it as to why. For the longest time, graphic cards have had this design of having multiple fans blasting air down on the heat sinks, but the fins are orientated in a way that the air is only going to go out the sides. Everyone's just like, oh, don't worry, hot air is going to go out the back of the card and on the rear of the card. But it's not. There's never been a reason for the cutout to be there on most cards. 
Because the fins don't go that direction. It has driven me nuts for so long that people want to say that that's a valid reason for, for these holes to exist in the bracket. And it's not! I wonder how many people are going to point that out. I'm willing to bet almost none. And I'm willing to bet, I am willing to bet that Sapphire and every other freaking board partner that makes this card is going to put vent holes there despite basically copying this cooler exactly. And there's going to be no reason for it. Oh yeah, we also have a picture of a very similar version of the card except with two fans instead of three. The site from Red Gaming Tech that has no idea how to watermark suggests that it's most likely the RX 6800 XT. Or the 6700. I don't know. I still wish that red trim was just RGB. I think that would be worlds better. But what do I know? You know what is worlds better? Next gen Ryzen CPUs are going to be referred to, according to this leak, as the 5000 series. Oh, thank God. We don't have to worry about whether a 4000 series GP- CPU is Zen 2 or Zen 3. Alleluia. But we're unfortunately going to continue down this strange path of Ryzen 5000 actually being Zen 3 and Ryzen 3000 being Zen 2. My head hurts. <laughs> there's that. All right. So at least there's going to be signs of some sanity. The other signs that we see are three. Are well, these leaked part numbers also come with just the core count, but that's it. Which kind of makes me go. Where's the rest of my information? How is it all you got was the core count? But according to the leak, we're going to have a Ryzen 7 5800X being an 8-core part, a Ryzen 9 5900X that's going to be a 12-core part, and a Ryzen 9 5950X that's going to be a 16-core part. That last one by the way, being from a separate leak that goes with another leak that only mentions the 58 and 5900. So the rumors of a 10-core part seem to be bunk, and more than likely, we're not going to see an increased core count. That's perfectly fine. Because clearly we're going to see it all in Threadripper. Yes, I can see it now. The Threadripper 5990XD with 
512 CPU cores able to run Crisis Remastered without a GPU. It's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna go ahead and just take over the world and no frickin' and you're gonna need a frickin' Antarctica to cool the damn thing. <laughs> uh, now, nah, I'm just expecting very similar processors as Zen 2 with just minor performance boosts and basically better efficiency and better performance per core. It's going to be nothing earth-shattering, but it's going to be pretty nice. That is so far the vibe I am getting. We do, however, have a leak of the new Nest Audio and new Chromecast, which, uh... I wouldn't blame you if you first saw these pictures and thought they were soap. Yeah, you're you're picturing it right now, aren't you? You're picturing soap with a USB port on it, and you're not far off from what these look like. The Nest 2020 speaker looks very boring, but has LEDs in the middle of it. It's going to be what it is. It's going to be neat. The Chromecast, however, is going to come with its own remote. Which that raises a whole lot of questions. The Chromecast used to just be a very basic device. In which, I'm not going to lie, I've had a whole lot of trouble lately with my Chromecast unable to play on my TV. And it's been, or at least with uh, Twitch, not being able to play on my TV with my Chromecast. And it drives me knucking futs. But I digress. This one looks like it's more likely just going to run a flavor of Android rather than just being something that you run from your smartphone. So I guess all we can do is wait and see what this Chromecast is going to bring. LG has revealed its rumored Wing smartphone. Which, uh, it is a real phone that now really exists. And I have very mixed feelings about. So it's a dual screen smartphone that when closed looks like a normal smartphone but you can flick up the screen to reveal what seems to be a second smartphone underneath and give you half a smartphone screen while your other smartphone screen sits in landscape mode on the top half of your phone. Did that sound really confusing and convoluted? Good, because that's how I feel about this phone. Its specs are pretty good, though. I mean, we're talking a 6.8-inch screen. 
a 1080p screen, re- a 1080p resolution. Uh, bottom screen also 1080p, running a Snapdragon 765G, which I think is like a notch under top tier, but it's fine. Eight gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage, expandable via micro USB, 4,000 milliamp battery, in-display fingerprint reader. Uh, some fairly decent cameras, 64 megapixel primary, 13 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 12 megapixel ultra ultra wide camera with gimbal motion built into it. Interesting. Front facing camera is a th- 32 megapixel pop up camera. It runs on USB Type C, no headphone jack, so therefore it's dead to me. The price on it, however, is unavailable. We know nothing about the price yet. (sighs) Here's what I don't get about LG. LG right now is basically the last smartphone manufacturer besides whatever sucker Google got to make the Pixel A series that puts headphones on phones. Heck, LG recently made a phone that has the ability to have a second screen add-on to it that has a headphone jack in it. So why omit it here? I don't get it. It's not even like LG makes wireless earbuds. In the end, it's just grade A disappointment all around. And with no good segue, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. Canadian police charged Tesla driver who was allegedly doing 90 miles per hour while asleep. Slow freaking clap. Bravo. How did you manage to break the law? While you were asleep. I thought the autopilot feature required you to, like, jostle the steering wheel every so often. So here's the real question, then. Who's at fault here? I mean, the driver obviously has some fault, but does some fault now go to the Tesla autopilot feature for being the driver in control for going what I can only assume was at least 30 miles above the speed limit. Oh, wait, I take that back. He was going 140 kilometers per hour, which roughly translates to 86.9, nice, miles per hour. Wow. Just... Wow, I have 
no real words for this other than we're not there yet. You actually have to drive the vehicle. Tesla has not said anything yet about the matter. Nor really when push comes to shove should they have to. Because in the end, you're still driving the car. It is still your responsibility to make sure the car is being handled safely. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And as I mentioned earlier, we are now on new platforms, including Amazon Music. And I do encourage you to check out those same areas for our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs every single morning on every single day. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Good night, everyone. I know I normally say like something funny and stupid at the end of this, but actually a thought actually occurred to me as we were waiting for the ending theme. Uh, the, the article from CNN here does not mention if the software has been modified and considering the fact that both the drivers were, or both passengers of the vehicle were asleep and that the default software requires you to jostle the steering wheel as i mentioned it kind of actually requires the um it kind of does imply that these systems were modified in some way so if that's the case then why has that detail not been mentioned why did the article just go ahead and immediately say that tesla did not respond Tesla has nothing to say. They have breached their, these drivers have breached their terms of service with the vehicle and have modified their vehicle in an unsafe manner. Right? Something to think about as software now plays a much bigger role in how cars drive and potentially whether people live or die. And I don't say that lightly. These sort of modifications, they could have gotten a serious accident if their modifications did made something go seriously wrong. What if this car crashed into someone and killed someone? These are all things to consider and are, I hate to say it, 
very troubling. Oh, you're you're looking for me to say something funny? Um, butts. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.